This is Thoth, architect of Atlantis. Dahut was the name that represented the one who was balanced through time. Dahut was a person. He was born, first of all, in Middle East, and he was sent to Atlantis to organize the whole civilization. He was part of one of the 12 families, and he kind of was one of the rulers of the system at that time. Even though the system was not ruled by kings or by men gods, the 12 families were like this system of wise people to whom all humans would ask what to do. And he was the one that represented the most important of all the other wise people of the 12 families that everyone in the families would ask to him what to do and how to construct, build, transform our realities. The first priests and priestesses used to teach everything through stones, crystals, and vibration. But when we began to be disconnected to it, we needed to print it, to write it. And that's why we started to use papyrus to write down all the information and to use hieroglyphics, hieratics, letters and sounds imprinted on paper holy, and then rock. Writing, hieroglyphics this created the, the idea that Yahud was still alive in those who learn how to write, how to transcend information through the words. And because of the papyrus was in the river and we harvest this papyrus to write the knowledge, we related that the bird, the ibis, the bird that was taking care of the papyrus in the river, was the symbol that connect the wisdom of Yahud. And that's why all the animalistic people, the, the ones that believed in the nature gods, they start to relate the knowledge of, of Jahud with the Ibis, and that's why we have this god with the Ibis head. In Egypt time, we started to call Jahud like Thoth, and then for Greek people, they call it Hermes. So the symbols of Hermes was still alive, and is still alive in medicine, because he was the first one to help us understand that the doors of realities were in our bodies organs, blood, DNA, and that is why the symbol of Hermes was the snake. In ancient times, the keeper of the wisdom was the snake. So the snake has the two tools, the positive and the negative, that could kill us or could heal us. So that's why the medicians, the physicians, they used to use this stick to hold the snake and to take the venom so they could make poisons to heal. So that's why the symbol of the snake around this caduceum that represented all the chakras and the wisdom of every level of consciousness was the symbol to create the poisons to heal the humanity, to heal the bodies, to, so we could open the portals of wisdom within ourselves. And that's why the caduceum is still the symbol of Hermes and the symbol of medicine in every culture. Jahud was the representative of all the builders of realities on earth. He was the human that descended directly from the blue ones, from the Arcturians, and he was one of the priests that could live the most. That whoever was in the temples, whoever was uh, creating our, our civilization in Atlantean times, in Kim time, everyone would know him because he was the one preparing everyone through hundreds of years. That is why when we, as Hethian people, the Atlantean people, we understood our purpose on Earth, he was the one chosen to build the network physically, so we could download all the information from the highest years here on this planet. Mm. Yahud, for 
our history, he was like this mentor that designed our country, that designed our way of thinking, that he was the, the guide that told us how to create what for all of us in that moment was our daily life. He was the guide of the families coming through the Mediterranean Sea to live in Egypt, to live in the Nile. And he was kind of the one that decided the role and the place that every one of us would have along the Nile. His brothers and sisters were were living all around the River Nile from the very south to the north. And they would keep the idea that he built about how to create a proper society in order to contact the higher levels of consciousness in different spheres, in different dimensions. He kind of made this plan that we in Krem call the Adartumti, the plan of bringing heaven on earth, and how the serious people taught to him and other architects how to create the pyramids on, on this planet and how to move the energy of time and space through the pyramids so we could handle the portals of time. When I used to live there, the teachings of our whole way of thinking, our culture and our history was taught in one temple that we called the Mahatkai. Mahatkai was the place where we understood the doors through time to create the universe. That's what it meant, Mahatkai. So in this temple, the women and men that were in charge of wisdom would teach us the first stages of how the architect of the universe would create every reality. Jahud was the one that settled the keys to understand how the realities were built, and his goal was to teach people how to create those realities and how to open those realities here on this planet. So that's why the civilization was split into different levels of consciousness too, the ones related to nature, the ones related to society, and the ones related to the divine. Those related to the divine were the descendants of the blue ones, of the 12 families. I was related to one of those families at that time. So what we had to do was to learn about everything in the divine. And that meant that we were willing to rule the society and we were willing to be the heads of the state of the, of the, of the society. So that's why Jahud said, the ones that are going to rule the society are the ones that have to be more prepared to be in relation with every sphere. Because ruling at the time of Atlantis was not about power. Jahud and his brothers and sisters tried to build a new civilization that would go beyond the power. That's why all the preparation for the representative ones, the 12 families, was to be prepared in every emotion, in every part of their, of their bodies, how to rule their own power within, so they could be representatives of the universe on Earth and not to be treated like gods. One of the first things that we had to understand was that we have not the power because we were chosen. Uh, we have the power because we are just a part of the universe that can understand the universe. So whoever has this ability has more responsibility than any other because responsibility was the key for, to, for the universe. The universe, the creation of God, the creation of the goddess, was to put there in nature everything to be balanced, everything to have harmony. So whoever takes over this harmony is not related to God or goddess. That's why the 12 families has to learn 
how to live in balance and harmony with all the environment, with every part of society, so we could be really the eyes of God and the goddess on earth. And to understand that, we were taught about the statements of the universe, everything that had created us. And so the first thing we had to learn was the sounds in which we could listen and understand every part of God and the goddess. We would learn that every aspect of the universe has a positive and a negative aspect, that everything has a female and a masculine aspect of reality. So that's the only way in which the universe can create new realities, through feminine and masculine aspects. That's why for us, the sun on the moon was not feminine or masculine. The sun has an aspect that, that was feminine and an aspect that was masculine. For us, of course, was the two phases of the what Egyptians after that call Horus, the masculine aspect of God in the sun, and Sekhmet as the feminine aspect of the sun. Being also for the moon, Sheshet, the feminine aspect, and Tot, Jahut, the masculine aspect of the moon. So for us, moon and sun were both father and mother within. This double aspect of every reality helped us to understand that we need to find the balance in order to create, that there was no feminine over masculine, there was no masculine over feminine, that both of them had to be in balance in order to create new realities. This helped us to understand that we have to respect every aspect of the universe in order to create new realities, that we cannot be in control of any part of the realities. We have to become both of them. So the teachings was to become beings so neutral that we could whole within the feminine and the masculine aspect in just oneself. That's why in ancient times we had not a word to describe she or he. We call all of them Nu, which were the ones that came from the sky to the earth. That was a, a pronunciation of feminine and masculine altogether, Nu. We had to understand that the creation of the whole universe was through one self that was understanding who he was, that was giving the truth to others, that was both of them in concept in oneself, that could create new realities divided in many, that those many could go over every timeline and every space creating new realities, and that those beings had to deliver to the universe the balance through the heart. And those those aspects of the self was called Ammanenumotini. Ammanenumotini was the name of this God in expression. Ammanenumotini means I, you, he, she, us, you all, and they. These aspects was called like one being split in many. That's why we needed to understand the language to understand how or from which aspect of the universe we were talking about. For us, the first things to be learned were the exact words in order to learn how to talk about God. Jahud was very clear about this. Everything in the universe was created through an idea, but the idea was vibration. This idea, this mind of the universe, would be only expressed outside itself through vibration. This vibration would reach a rhythm in which these realities would be meeting and transforming once and again, and everything that exists in the universe will be created or transformed by the aspect of polarity. This polarity would 
help us generate all the realities that we have today. So that's why third generation, we find the purpose of duality and this duality help us re recognize that everything is connected in the universe, that everything has a rhythm to follow, that everything comes from the vibration of this of this expression from within and outside, and that's, that this outside is only exists, can only exist through the idea of the within. So this process was known as the Mahasaham for us in the universe, for us in, in Chem, the M, the portal through time, H, to the space. So, Mahas and the coming back Saham and this expression was divided in seven laws that every one of us had to learn how it worked. These seven laws for us were held in the spiritual mind connected through the learning process. So all of us were the only one spirit connecting to the learning process through seven laws in the middle. That created the idea that we are all just one being trying to learn about itself. And the way it does it is through creating an idea, the first law, the mind, the idea of everything, and then projecting this idea from within to outside, which is the correspondence, the second law, and then generating this vibration in order to create this bond between, between the inside and the outside, which is vibration, the third law. Then we have the fourth law, which is rhythm. This will have a rhythm that we call the wheel of time or karma dharma that goes through like a uh, through time and space like like the beat of a heart. Actually, through that law, Jahud would say that if you are able to listen every heartbeat of every living being in the universe, you would you would listen the music that holds everything working through time and space. And if you balance your heartbeat to every Harvey, like if it is a clock in the universe, you could reach and find the perfect amount of vibration to reach the very the, the very first beat, the very first heartbeat, so you could find the key to go through time. That's why we needed to meditate in order to balance our fourth law of the universe, which was the rhythm. After that, we would realize that everything beating in the universe would create a wave, and this wave would move everything around, so everything Every cause has an effect, and every effect has a cause. That's the fifth law of, of the universe. And then we had the sixth one, which was polarity. In order to create those realities, we need a point A and a point B to go and to move forward and backward. So that movement would create the positive and the negative that creates the seventh law, which is generation, the creation of new realities. These seven laws that he established were the seven laws that we had within in our own chakras. These seven laws were established through the consciousness of these other two ways of seeing the universe. The eagle or the falcon that had all the information from above and the snake that had all the wisdom below. So these two aspects of reality were taught to all cultures in the universe, in, the, in, in, our, in our planet. So every culture, every species, of humans in this planet would know that we are the middle point of seven laws in between the knowledge of the falcon and the hawk and the wisdom of the snake. And that's why every culture has these two aspects of the positive and the negative and the seven laws in between to understand how the universe works. In Mahat Kai, we learn about these seven laws through vibration. 
he said it that in order to understand how everything works we need to know the first words to understand it so we have the people the beings which was the amanemotini the concept of god through all of us and we had the dimensions of god which was the vibration ion this vibration which had the nine aspects of the universe with the three breathing ham head hum were the representations for him of every aspect of god on earth the 12 phases of the planet the 12 constellations the 12 chakras we have within and the 12 aspects of the of god that we now may know with the name of archangels he said that every one of us was a tiny cell of an archangel which is an expression of god so the 12 archangels that we know today with different names like the most known uriel mikhail gabriel they are the different aspects or attributes of god which is el for all ancient cultures god meant el because for us the word el means the truth that is spoken so the verb the truth in uh, in, in 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 blood the truth in geometry was el that's why all the related shapes of god was called something and el these aspects were the ones that we had to learn and that we call in different ways in in every culture but in our culture in the kem culture we divided it in the 12 aspects that we had to uh, to learn from uh, every one of the schools that jahud taught created for us to learn to each one of those schools he attached a positive and a negative way of expression of god so we had a priest and a priestess a feminine and a masculine working together in each one of those temples in order to help us understand the two concepts of reality we have these 12 temples these 12 phases of the reality divided into 24 these 24 were the keys or the letters to understand that every reality was dual that we needed both forces to understand how it worked so every one of them has two gods one god and one and one goddess or one priest and one priestess that represented the duality and then one creation which is the trinity and the creation will represent the goal that every student would have to achieve in between those two points for example in the temples of light we would have the trinity of osiris and isis with their child who was horus and this trinity what helped us to understand was that osiris was the seed of life that isis was the flower of life and then in the middle we have the sun who was the creation the eye that could see everything created through the seed and the fruit or the flower of life and our goal in that temple was to learn how to become the seed and how make that seed to fertilize the flower and to create the fruits which would be the sun so our goal was to be like horus on earth to be enlightened ones also for the darkness we had set the lord of darkness and we had nephthys the ruler of the wisdom from the underground and both of them created death which was the transition in between life and death which was anubis hanabis he was the keeper of the souls anubis was the one 
that we all had to look for because since we were born we were prepared to die so one of the teachings that we had to to do was to become our own rulers of death so if you rule your own death you become anubis the concept of die and through death you can enlighten yourself in the darkness so those aspects of trinity were trying to be rich in these 12 temples in which we worked through love wisdom will earth fire water air here and now and the aspects of the sun the moon and the underground each temple has this duality of gods and in each temple we would learn a concept of the divine the first divine aspects were the hhh hamhet hum the ones related to the sun the moon and the earth these three concepts were the briefing aspects of wisdom the wisdom of the sun the knowledge of the moon and the the living proof the experience on earth these three teachings would talk about which were the concepts of the eternity the concepts of eternity was to learn how the reality was eternal that the physical bodies they don't end they don't finish they just transform into other shapes that the energy also transforms in other shapes and the consciousness goes through all the shapes and transcend the material or the physical structures so we have to learn that everything was eternal that everything was an idea that flows through eternity so the main thing that we had to do was to live our lives like if it was a dream we were we were taught about how to how to see in darkness how to survive through dream how to create realities through night so that's why for a long period of our time we spend the our lives in night through night and in darkness places so we could recognize that all that is created is just a dream and if we become dreamers we can construct that reality around us this created a state of mind that makes us believe that we could do anything that realities were just a dream and that we can decide what to do in those dreams all this process of knowledge that Yahud taught us to us was to understand that every reality in every part of the universe was bounded to us and that we were the only ones that could build the temple to let them all in and that we had the keys to open those doors of those temples so for us Jahud was not only the father of our civilization he was also the father of our knowledge of our wisdom of that priest that helped us to understand how everything worked and that made us free from other gods and help us to be our own gods and goddesses. Thank you for joining me on this journey. I am your host and guide, Matias Estefano. In the next episode, we will discuss how the universe created religions to find itself. Wow, what a great show. It's amazing. start tomorrow morning six so five intro to Polaris project on human trafficking and thoughts architect of Atlantis
cloud of knowledge. How did the universe create religions to find itself? I am your host and guide, Matias Stefano. In this episode, we will explore how different paths brings us to the same truth. In Atlantan times, the 12 families were like people who we used to ask for advice, and then we had this circle of people representing the different workers of the region, and they were representing the spirit of the people. We call that the projections of gods. So each one of them had the face of an animal that was related to their work, and that's why in the times of disconnection, they start to honor those animals like they, if they were gods, and the priests like if they were the gods himself. That brought the confusion of uh, animalistic religion, and they started to honor the concepts of the universe in a different way. As Jahud said, the goal for humans is to become gods on this planet, to become the portals through time and space in flesh and blood. And that is why the main preparation that we had was to create the patterns within that could help us enlighten in life. The purpose was not to reach the spirit, it was to allow the spirit to live in this reality. So those who were able to open the doors to the spirit to this reality without willing to escape this reality were the enlightened ones, those who were the mirrors for thousands of people to understand that they were sent here as messengers of this divine on earth. There were a lot of people that accomplished this divine understanding. There were a lot of people that reached enlightenment in this world. And they were the people that could live at the same level, the suffering and the pleasure. To be balanced in all this process of enlightenment, you needed to put all the darkness together and transcend the darkness through transfiguration. And this transfiguration, it was the code of enlightenment in matter that people like Krishna, like Jesus Christ, had connected. The words that connect them all was the messengers. And messengers, the ones that are here bringing the voice of the universe, the emissaries, were saying like Christa or Krish. These are the words in which ancient language would call those who were sent to show God. So that's why many of the names that were used to describe those who had been enlightened are similar in history. When we start to reach the truth of the universe, we may ask ourselves, which is the best way, or what is the truth, or what is the path, or what is the method we could use to get to the truth. But the truth is that there are so many ways to get to the core of the universe, that everything is really connected. And there is no one way to go and to find the truth. There's many. In the ancient times, we used to say that everything is stick and connected like a network. So for us, everything was waved by a spider that connected every different path in the universe in the same network. And that helps us to understand that everything really is connected and there's no one path towards the core that is more important than others. For us, the universe was a womb that was created in realities. So the spiders were related to the feminine. The feminine aspect of the universe were these fractions and rays of reality that we related with the bottles of the spider. And the main core, the black hole, was this black part of the spider. And 
the many eyes that this animal has was related to all the eyes in the stars that could see us from above. So the main image of the spider, even if it's a little bit scary, the spider was not something seen like something bad. It was seen like these shadows of reality that are hidden, the precious seed of reality covered by this scary face so nobody could touch it. It's like if you want to protect the most holy shape of the universe, what we understood is that you need to cover it with a horrible face so we don't touch it unless we recognize that it is just a shape taking care of something really enlightened within. So that's why for Asian people, all the shapes that maybe that fear, that, that maybe we fear today and that scare us, for them was just the shapes that were taking care of the main information wisdom of the universe. So that's why the spider for us was the code that connects us all. And we call those beings the spiders of the galaxy, the spiders of the universe. And that's why for women it was important to learn how to weave. Because when they were weaving the silk, when they were weaving the clothes, they would put all the patterns of reality of the universe hidden and shown in the structures that they were using daily so they could always remember that we were created by these spiders the mothers of the universe within the closest that we call now the bodies nature our planet that is why the most ancient cultures honor the spider and they received the information from the spiders like the Hopi people with the ants and the spider people that came from the underground and, and the outer space that taught them how to wave, how to contact, how to connect every part of the universe through this network of connections in the mind of God. We would learn in the past that yeah. the reality was this network, this uh, spider web that connected the waves of time and the lines of space crossing the time. And we could see that the space through time would be 12 lines that connect all the, the timelines. So if we have this network of time going like these waves in the shape of circles, the lines that cross those circles would be 12. Six positive and six negative that crosses all the times. And these are the shapes or the aspects in which the spider, the consciousness, would see everything, would connect and contact every time and every space. These are called the aspects of God. And God was the one that vibrates the truth. That's why the spider feels the vibration of every one of its aspects surrounding her and surrounding him, it. And that's why vibration is the language that connects us all. Because we understood that this cooperation of the spider with the universe was the accurate way of understanding how vibration works and connects <laughs> the universe through time and space. So this 12 would be the vibrations of it who speaks the truth, who writes the truth. And that for ancient languages is the word El. El means the truth that is spoken. And because of God was this truth spoken, the verb, the first vibration, the first singing, so every aspect would be a different aspect that was spoken by truth. These different aspects we call now in Hebrew language, like the names of archangels. Archangels means the most important messengers. Arche, coming from the words in Greek, meaning the powerful or the highest one, and angel, the messenger. So 
the highest messengers or the most powerful were the different aspects in which the word El was expressed in the universe, which were 12 of them. Some of the most known that we use today was uh, Michael, Uriel, Gabriel, that are the vibrations that represent Michael, who, like God, who, like the truth, the Uriel, the light of God, Gabriel, the strength uh, of God, and many others that represented the positive and the negative aspects of this creation. One of the most known and that is related to our thoughts is Raphael. Raphael means the physician, the, the, the healing of God. And this aspect was in, incarnated in everyone that was working with the body, with the, uh, with the physics, with, with the healing process of our matter and the third dimensional realities. So that's why the aspect of Raphael, even today, the physicians has the symbol of Raphael being the doctor of the universe and incarnated through the image of Hermes, which was the priest of medicine in Atlantan times, Jahut. So archangels are not beings with human shape. They are aspects that go through all the universe and that holds the vibration of the 12 aspects of reality. So we are all projections of those archangels. We are all messengers of those first 12 spaces that fill the universe. In order to leave or let the spirit to come to the world in flesh and blood, you need to open the doors in the proper harmony. And to be harmonious, you need to have the perfect vibration. And that is why in your own blood, in your own DNA, in the cells, in every organ, you need to be balanced and aligned with what you do, what you feel, what you think. And the vibration to accomplish that was what Yahud and other people from ancient Atlantis, Atlantis thought to, to, to reach through the chantings, through the meditation, through the symbols that were spoken, the word of the truth. And those knowledge were taught by the Arturians, who were the beings in the confederation that knew about physics, that knew about how to transform realities through sound. And that is why the blue ones are still alive in those who accomplished the enlightenment through the vibration of blood or the vibration in the DNA. When a human being accomplished to open all the portals in matter to the spirit, is what we call enlightenment. And it's the moment when you feel so full of of happiness, so full of love, that you could love unconditionally everything. You can feel everything as a part of you. You forget of who you are, and you become everything. So this process of, of enlightenment is when you feel the highest vibration in the third dimension, when you feel fulfill in the third dimension and you are not willing to leave the third dimension but you're willing to feel everything in the third dimension just one moment that connects you with the transcendence of the third dimension and then you go to the fourth dimension instantaneously when you recognize that you are the process of everything that happened that is happening and that will happen you can see everything from every perspective you can see that you are the one that expressed that experience that is integrated and that transcend every process. So time and space start to be bounded and you feel it 
all in just here and now. And that's the concept of eternity. When you accomplish the here and now, the four pillars of time and space start to become just one and you can see them all from just one spot. This is like stop looking from outside the atom and look the atom from within. It's like looking every creation surrounding you from the spot that connects all the realities. And that's the fifth dimension. So in order to go to the fifth dimension, a being shouldn't go up to the heavens. The being should go deep into the atom structure to see the electrons, to see the light that creates every matter that we are in. So that's the enlightenment. When all the patterns of reality are aligned in the same vibration and everything that was a chaos just shine in the same perspective. So it's like putting all the colors of a rainbow in just one light again, in one just structure, which is white. This ray of light makes the enlightenment possible and you can only achieve that enlightenment through the third dimension because the only way to see every perspective and have wisdom of that is if you had experienced every perspective. That's why the, the ascended masters that we call now from, from who we receive information from other levels of consciousness, they are the spectrum of those people that used to live in the planet that had accomplished the enlightenment of the whole process in time and space. The ascended masters that live in the fifth dimension, they are not up, they are within, so deep within that you can see the light of every electron vibrating in the same pattern of harmony. Fifth dimension is to see the coherence in everything, and that's why they become masters, because they accomplish to learn everything in the matter, and now they are able to teach, to show by experience, by showing their own actions, how it is to be enlightened. There are many masters in the fifth dimension that we relate with people that was that were alive, like Jesus, Sarakumara. They were they are just expressions of the fifth dimension of the people that was alive in the third dimension. They are not somewhat someone or something that is higher than us. They just vibrate faster than us. We live in the past, we live in the third dimension, which is the strongest and the lowest vibration. And when as as faster you vibrate, you accomplish to see how electrons move through time and space and you can see all the realities connected by them. So that's why in the fifth dimension everything is light, because you are seeing everything moving as the same fast as you are. That's why they can see the future, that's why they can see everything and they can teach us or show us the best way in which we could learn about how to live properly in matter. In order to become enlightened beings in the fifth dimension, we needed to learn every step in the third and the fourth dimension. And that is why the ancient ones created the path of enlightenment, the path of initiation, in which every school of knowledge in Europe, in Middle East, in Africa, in, in America, they would have to learn everything of how to live properly in this reality in the third dimension so we could transcend our idea of ourselves through time and that would allow us to get into the information of the fifth dimension, bringing the fifth dimension, the spiritual enlightened being into this material world was the main goal of the enlightenment schools, the teaching of how to become uh, spiritual beings living this physical experience. And in order to do that, we needed to be recreated once and again in different levels of consciousness. So we had a purpose. Our purpose was the masculine aspect. 
we need to go to light. We need to go to this goal. We need to go to get this information. So what we had to do was to go straight to the main information. And we needed the gods, the aspect of the sun, the aspect of the teachers, like the goals that we had to achieve in every learning, in every teaching. And that would be the steps of evolution that we had created. But in every step, we needed to be recreated, reborn again. So we needed to be born, experience, and die. Reborn, experience, and die. This whole process was a feminine process. And that's why if we had an idea of the masculine process of where to go, the feminine aspect would shape us in different levels of consciousness, trying to show us the different ways in which we could express the divine on earth. That's why the womb, the mother, was the most important structure to help us to transform every idea of ourselves. We needed to die once and again to, re to be reborn to see different aspects. And that's why the codes of the mother, the divine mother on earth, were so important for every culture. And there were so many mothers to help us born in different Oh, fucking great.